0: Welcome to Cultivating Conversations. This episode, I'm joined by someone who is a business leader in the ag tech industry, Lubos Greppel. Sorry for exposing you, Lubos, but your career stretches back to the 80s. You've developed business for some huge companies like Monsanto and Syngenta, working specifically in in crop protection seeds. Today, I'd love to discuss with you your your career, your strategies for business success, climate change, and, and how... You help agricultural startups today with their, their business and, and kind of through your executive consultancy. So obviously we've been speaking for, for some time, Lubos, and I'm, I really look forward to doing this podcast with you. I know that it's something that we've, we've had in the pipeline for for some time. So perhaps if we were to just start by discussing your, your career today, I think it's, it's always really interesting to to hear how the, the journey began and, and why you got into agriculture in general and and more than that what made you what made you stay in agriculture
1: (laughs) yeah yes yes thank you thank you steve and uh, you are right i enjoy all of these times and i'm still enjoying this global business space where a production and supply of a safe food and the fiber is provided to the nation and uh, and growing world it is true that uh, agriculture does not get a lot of mainstream attention despite the public opinion is important to a future of agriculture as being a global food supplier. Many of farmers are receiving mainstream attention when something goes wrong and uh, there is a lot of disruption to the supply of agriculture product which raise the attention or the food safety is discussed in the in the public as a public issue, right? But we must continue to remember that the key role of agriculture plays in the nation's health and, uh, and in the maintaining the strong economy of it. So, also, the agriculture doesn't provide the food only at the daily base, but it provides the livelihood for millions and hardworking individuals dealing with the great challenges in, uh, in the diverse environment. So in terms of my inspiration to get into the agriculture, well, I would need to make an almost four-detailed step backwards to a former Czechoslovakia where I was born and studied the Agriculture Economy Faculty at the University in Brno. At the time, you know, the principal government goal was to encourage large-scale farming that could benefit from modern technologies and powerful farm equipment consolidation of farm accelerated back in 80s and uh, most of the large cooperatives encompassed several villages and raised the varieties of crops and livestock during that period some achieved um, great excellent great yields however the uneven farm management quality contributed to the large discrepancies in performance between the farms in addition to the lack of access to the modern technologies and the product innovation. And that's why, you know, after graduating at the university, I decided to step into a local large cooperative farm with incentive intensive crop and animal production, which was strategically focused on exploring the newest technologies, uh, including the utilization of uh, high-performing hybrids in the crop, or or implementing conservation tillage practices, or on the other side in the li- animal livestock, utilizing the embryo transfers to drive increase in the milk production. So that was my starting world when I when I start up my my career. The cooperative was running the enterprise management system based on its own digital platforms, and Moreover, uh, with the help of a strategically selected non-agriculture sidelines, enabled to provide a wide range of services to the other partners in the, in the, in the country. Well, pretty much an exciting startup role, but um, after the few years enjoying it, um, supporting the crop-roving technologies implementation in the cooperative and with the partners, I became more and more interested to join those on the supply side, those who are leading the first-tier supply of the crop inputs and the know-how. And I really was thinking how I could become a part of it, the part of the broader business expansion of those. And as the offer came from Monsanto to join them in the former Czechoslovakia, I was not hesitating, and I started back to '86. Uh, as a sales rep, and uh, and after almost 20 years supporting the company expansion and strengthening its presence in the markets, I accomplished my career as a head of Central Europe, leading several local organizations and uh, managing the consolidated P&L of the combined crop protection and the seed business of the company.
0: Fantastic, and obviously you had you had great success at, at Monsanto, and as you say, rose through the the ranks over those twenty or so years, and um, it turned into a, a really impressive career. Obviously, you worked specifically in in the Central European market. Can you describe the the market conditions when you joined in the eighties, and and how they changed over yeah. the decades? Yes.
1: Yep. The probably it is interesting to start with the describing the impact of the overall microeconomic reforms back to early 90s and then the whole transition process of agriculture sector in the central europe at the time most of the countries took their journey towards the economy and the light private land privatization that was a key with with all them trying to achieve the right pace in the intensification and to be self-supplying the agriculture, food, and the production. However, each country with its unique path given by some having favorable starting point of the large operations as being assumed advantage to drive the efficiency and productivity. Take an example, Czech and Slovak Republic, or some dealing with the millions of traditional growers' universe, such in Poland and Romania, The whole transformation process was characterized by the changes in the employment, production, and other structural attributes. However, the most important dynamic was based on the ownership transfer from the former state and collective farms into the other corporate or private structures where assets were based not anymore on the collective, but on the private ownership. In essence, The land and assets property restitution involved the return of the property expropriated by the state to its owner, and um, this affected all countries in the Central Europe. The end effect of the process was encouraging the new rightful owner to move basically in the three different directions. The landover could take the land back from the state and establish in their own farming unit or to sell the land to the other farming operations or local investor or happened in the most cases to lease the land while keeping the ownership but the leasing for a long term period in main cases like 10, 20 years to private farmers or private cooperatives. And this, as you would expect, this this journey resulted in the huge variation of the farm-file structures. Nowadays, uh, we have some market when you have uh, a few hundred privately owned cooperatives or groups operating on majority of the Arab land. In some cases, even more than 80% of the country land, take Czech, Slovak or Bulgaria as example, or markets with uh, thousands or even millions of small growers which are working on the land but mainly for their own family or all individual consumptions or for, a speci- for specialties production, like a veg or fruits and so on. Certainly, the privatization of upstream and downstream in- uh, industries participated on the entire system shaping up quite so, uh, dramatically. Um, The outcome of the agriculture transition, its adoption, required the mindset shift. So that was the next point to the having own land. Now, what you do with that coming from the older time into the where you have been just asked, make the volume. Now, what is your mindset shift needed to entrepreneurship attitude, the the farm managers making the profit-based decisions, having the management capabilities, um, having the proper operational excellence in, in the place, and access the innovative technologies are prerequisite or have the ability to access it. So, still going back to the question of regarding the changes in the market conditions, I can try to summarize uh, the period, being on the board of Monsanto and even Syngenta at the time, there was a really a challenging journey while driving the execution of the strategy in the space of ongoing changes, the market diversity and volatility.
0: I think that's probably one of the really interesting things about your journey is that really in over the kind of the last 30 years, there's probably very few regions that have, have changed so much. And the markets
1: have changed so much can you tell us a, a, a little more sure um, you know as we know the diversity and volatility creates complexity and that limits the predictability so this learning triggered in my triggered and I established kind of my own mantra in terms of how I can manage the volatility, diversity, and uh, inherited complexity by turning this into the opportunity. So how I can make it simpler. To manage it, it requires innovative solutions driven by our strengths, of course. The customer understanding, I mean the grower, the channel, the right focus, but simplicity, but also flexibility and agility whenever the opportunity appears. So let me give you a few examples from the Central or Southeast Europe, from my largest geography leadership role. The territory I was managing consisted of seven different countries, 14 different languages in the four major religions, different holidays, customs across the whole territory. The political and economical diversity is characterized by difference between the EU and non-EU countries, or where the GDP ranging from almost 80% of EU28 to around 17% of EU28 average. In, uh, In terms of agriculture, anything can be grown there, what is grown on the continent. From the most common field crop like wheat, Corn, sunflower—by the way, the largest crop in uh, in Europe, in general, in the world—it's grown in this part of the of the territory. Fruits and wine, vegetables, down to the exotic plants such as cotton or tobacco. Farming, as I tried to address before, polarized size and technologies available—you get you get the farm sizes ranging from the few hectares to 100,000 hectares per unit, like you get in Bulgaria. Technologies from basic generic crop protection programs to the utilization of the newest fungicides and insecticides technologies, or including the seed high-tech treatments, or the machinery when you have a tractor with a few horsepower up to the John Deere's more than 400 horsepower operating with the large machines. Growers using the most modern sprayers, drones, satellites, navigated harvesters. And uh, importantly, when it comes to the volatility and complexity, talking about the financial risk, where most of the concern of suppliers associated with. There are many of those lack of local credits. The country default risk, remember the uh, situation in Greece a couple of years ago, Or general currencies risk, as we are dealing with the nine different currencies, including the euro. So when you take all of this, it is difficult to have one fit to all kind of a difficult model to address it. Such complexity requires deep understanding, innovative approach, but unique in its process of addressing it. So, and the next to that, and uh, it is very important these days, Um, next to the raising needs for more food and feed, uh, hence the intensification driver in overall agriculture, the main game-changing factor in the last decade, and it will also be in the going forward, it's the climate change and its uh, volatility impact. But about that we will talk probably later on.
0: Yeah, I'm sure we can circle back into that later on. So, Whilst we're on the, the the journey of your your career to date, Lubos, obviously you, you you took the opportunity to to leave Monsanto and and move across to Syngenta. What inspired that move, and and what were you brought in
1: to Syngenta to do? Well, um, well, Steve, it was not that straightforward. So before that, I took another opportunity to support the local agriculture industry but um, it's shown to be a step aside and fortunately for a short period of time the expectations was just not met so hence i continue to be open for another challenges and opportunities in the in the global industry and um, you know as as you know the corporate companies are announcing the major changes in the strategies mergers merging or acquiring ready to undertake restructuring, providing resources for the growth and expansion. That's, you know, you follow when you are close to the market. All of these type of messages going through are certainly creating the organization challenges internally, as I know from my own experience, but also providing the big opportunities for individuals outside uh, in the market ready for such a challenge. So back to 2006, uh, Syngenta made noticeably clear to its stakeholders, whilst having extraordinary strong position in its crop protection business, will move to unlock the Central East European market potential with a seeds business of them. And... uh, me, inspired by that, I took the role of uh, being invited to journey. I took the role of commercial lead of Syngenta Seed Business in Central and East Europe in early spring 2007. You know, you would you would understand that uh, joining competitor or rival in the marketplace can be challenging dilemma or, or end the roller coaster in your own mind uh, or outside. But uh, the but with the full belief in with the vision and strategy uh, combined with trusting and counting on the people in your new environment provides a lot of encouragement for the first big steps.
0: I think that's, that's an interesting point to, to pick up on, really, Lubos, obviously, with them, them being rivals. Did you find there was a huge overlap in um, company setup and, and ambitions or was it a, a completely new learning
1: experience for you? Yeah, right, Steve. Interestingly, in the, four, in the first few months, the people were constantly asking by any opportunities, like, how was he there? What was different? How they are different, right? And, uh, and I think it was expected. I should expect that due to the fact of the rivalry syndrome and genuine interest to find out where the, where the competitor or rival is better or lacking behind. Certainly, I could elaborate on my observations about American or European ways of doing business, uh, the marketing or the company's cultures, I think I will pick up noticeable. There was quite striking difference between the European appreciation of discussions under the umbrella of various steering committees, the but necessarily elaboration of different options, potential risks, perceived challenges, in opposite to taking direction with the perception of possible, making decision and moving towards quick and action and ensure correction after. I think you would recognize I'm, what, I'm, what I'm here addressing here. But, but each company is different and unique in its ambition, strategy, portfolio and the people processes. And, uh, and I try to adopt and support as much I could or challenge where I saw too much of unwanted complexity or inefficiency or process heaviness. So uh, yes, the ambition to become market leader is always there. Um, the key is how realistic uh, the ambition is. And most importantly, do you have a necessary ability to rightly execute and drive the profitable implementation of the strategy? And that's what we that's what we try to do. Um, you will probably not join the company to settle your comfortable in your comfortable zone and build on overlaps or similarities. Practically going into the same water, uh, you want to build the new values based on something which is great, unique, by utilizing your own knowledge and competence and bringing that strength to the next level and uh, and helping the helping the companies to, to grow.
0: Fantastic. And I think as a kind of a, a, a grand summary of your, your career then, what did you see at, at Monsanto and Syngenta that enabled them to, to keep up with the, the pace and volatility
1: of uh, of the Central and, and Eastern European market? Yeah, volatility and change, certainly, because that was in, uh, the ongoing things happen. So you can be sure that every day something new is happening in general. Uh, the answer would be, be close to the market, to the customer, having uh, outperforming products and entrepreneurship mindset uh, throughout the whole organization and the right leadership behind. Many, I mean, I get a very specific view on, the, on when, the wind, when the wind of change is coming. Some people are building the shields some people are building windmills and uh, this was actually driving me through all of those so whenever a change appears i was just thinking what is the opportunity here so however this can be effectively done only through strong focus uh, during ambiguities and uh, during the uncertainties ability to operate through the grower ecosystem, understanding its challenges, and uh, at and the same time, to see and smell what are the opportunities. But understanding usually is not enough. Uh, the key is what you wish to have. It's, the, it's the, the the way the ability you can architecture and design your business model and the organization has the freedom to do that and, uh, and to be empowered to drive the implementation and i think that was something which both companies got very much in the common at the market emerging state at the market emerging states were you know the all the people were looking at the huge opportunity coming with with the development there just remind, I am reminding myself, there was a lack of a financial means for the necessary investment to be carried for the adjustment of the large capacity technologies to farm holdings. On the other side, there was strong appetite for innovations in the sector, for modern mechanization, for modern technology, high productive hybrids uh, to produce the crops for the export. And... Uh, It arrived, actually, as an invitation to the key industry players to develop new operating models, introduce innovations, but not in the portfolio, but also in the financing of the businesses, invest in the local organization to develop necessarily competencies to manage uh, ambitions, but also to manage that type of volatilities. So... um, it was about a major strategic decision of the site of a global agriculture powerhouse: to get close, to invest, to finance, and to provide the most adaptable uh, innovations. And for me, as a leader, was manage rightly the the growth and the risk balance to the benefit of of the companies.
0: Fantastic, and I'm I'm definitely going to to pinch the the shield versus windmill analogy off you. So. Don't be surprised if you hear me using that in the future, Lubos. <laughs> so after 30 years in agriculture, then you must have witnessed the impacts of, of climate change firsthand. What would you say has been the, the biggest impact you've seen and, and how has that affected your work?
1: Yes, uh, yes, Steve, the, there is a great challenge of volatilities and uh, and the recent studies are. Uh, are showing or suggesting that uh, the many countries in the Central and East Europe are the most affected by the global warming. Let's take a few examples from the region. 2011-2012, big droughts. 2013, damaging freezing waves in the spring. 2014, massive floods. And if you take the latest example of a 2018, the crop vegetation was impacted by the extreme droughts in the Central Europe, mainly in Germany and Czech Republic. Uh, the average temperature increased significantly, and the yields were devastated, literally devastated by up to 80% in its reductions. Drought and heat waves, uh, such were in back 2018, are expected to become common i 'm afraid, and will probably appear more frequently than once in the decade. It seems that uh, that the, the the most of the farmers thinking, well, it was an extreme. I keep on saying, be prepared, it could become a normal, and the high volatilities it's preventing the predictability, but you as a farmer, you need to get prepared for that and uh, asking myself the question. Where we can see the opportunity, it's when you combine this with the competitive environment, which is already historically competitive, given the intensification which is undertaking uh, undertaken in the market. This place is seen as a battlefield requiring the winners to bring significant differentiation and efficient, pragmatic solutions. And uh, this should trigger the, the companies and investments uh, for inflow of the abiotic stress-resistant crops based either on the seed breeding, of the in the, but in the local conditions. It's a very important one to under, underline the local conditions as they were being there. Or deep exploration of the biostimulants. Uh, the biofertilizers, crop management system based on uh, of the big data. However, coming back to the basics, we need to ensure first the restoration of the soil health as a common factor. That's where it all starts with the soil.
0: Fantastic. And of course, we spoke about this, uh, Len Flubos, in terms of sustainability being a focus for agriculture and agtech going forward. Do you think we can combat climate change through agriculture? Um,
1: <laughs> yes, the combat... Clim- question. Uh, of course. <laughs> well, uh, yes. Uh, I mean, everyone somehow needs to contribute to it, right? And the combating climate change and all aspects are on the forefront of uh, many institutions, organizations, as well as industries and the farmers in the world? There is no simple answer, but there can be, and there is a great start to that already. In some countries, uh, take an example, organic agriculture systems achieve equal or even higher yields uh, as compared to the current conventional practices, which translates into the potentially important option for the food security and sustainable livelihoods in times of a climate change. The soil is degradation, uh, dropping or reducing health, and the limited presence of the life in the soil is a calling for strong revitalization strategies. There is a strong need for significant and sustainable transformation towards towards effective regenerative agriculture practices to improve all mentioned aspects such as soil structure the water retention soil health and fertility so within the x sector i believe that everyone and each can the point is how quickly and how dramatically you really get on it i believe Coming back to the, my, my point, going back to the basic, the soil, the place under our feet, should be our, one of the first focus. Next to the nutrition management, dedicated to the reduction of uh, nitrogen uh, dioxide emission from the soil, I would mention the carbon farming solutions and the links to the soil and its revitalizations are important to consider. There is a high mitigation potential in agriculture in general and uh, very often nowadays we hear about the carbon sequestrations in the soil. And I believe that agriculture could be a massive contributor to overall carbon sequestration activities in this world.
0: I agree. And I think also, um, I think it's important to remember with agriculture, obviously, climate change isn't the only challenge. Um, Obviously, there's lots of of
1: challenges facing agriculture today, isn't there? You're right, Steve. Uh, There are a lot of challenges that uh, the farming and entire agriculture ecosystem are facing. Uh, Farmers are under huge pressure and they must use all available technology to sustain in the turbulences in there. Um, we We can debate and talk about the fertilizer runoff and the consequent water pollution, which is so much of important for, for the general public. Pesticides at residual level are under permanent reviews and scrutiny of policymakers, but also in the middle of intention of the consumers. The food industry and consumers are driving the demand for the healthy food. Water inefficiency, it's coming with the agriculture and uh, the highest consumption is there among all of the industry. That's the fact. And the finally well-recognized issue in the recent day is a soil degradation, which has reached more than 60% of all soils. This all is about the sustainability. All those challenges we mentioned are impacting across the ecosystem and uh, specifically growers must respond to it adapting newest technologies i mentioned biostimulants biofertilizers even biocontrol and using all kind of practices the regenerative practices exploring uh, also the the other aspects like a digital space and then so on we can continue on that but this is not only a growers Uh, the the key roles are playing the policymakers. And policy uh, policymaker settings of the new framework, such as um, such as this Green Deal or Farm to Fork programmes in the in the new agricultural policies of EU. But here I need to say that the fast and effective registration process is the key accelerator enabling the growers to benefit from the industry R&D investment. And that was not always the case in the past. So I'm, I'm glad to see that more attention is paid by the policymakers to fast and effective registration processes when it comes to the innovations in the market.
0: I agree. And I think that, interestingly enough, Libos, it's kind of it. you, you touched on a couple of, of topics there, biostimulants, biofertilizers, and that kind of... Brings us to, to where you are now, operating in your own executive consultancy and, and supporting and, and mentoring um, various entrepreneurs, many of which, as I understand it, are tackling sustainability problems. What made you decide to go solo
1: and what's your main focus now? Right. Uh, <laughs> For following my following my departure from um, from the from the Syngenta, I had a discussion with uh, with the support high placement support which was provided, and I was asked about my list of what you want. But uh, I was also focusing on the list of what I actually do not want, and somehow I concluded where are my preferences and. Uh, Hence, I have decided to establish my own consultancy to uh, provide uh, my contribution in the individual way, inspiring with insights and uh, providing pragmatic design, pragmatic advices, advices you can implement to a large organization or startups or, or even management individuals to help them to make strategic decisions, but also standing by and support them when it comes to the implementation of it. Uh, overall, the innovative, uh, and I should say, also the disruptive technologies, development of new business models, development of new value capture mechanisms uh, for innovations, operational em- efficiency, but still great appetite to support the introducing more simplicities in the complex environments were the key areas of my professional attention. And somehow, naturally, supporting ambitions of evolving and growing startups uh, uh, to help them to claim the space within the big global agriculture market industry, it became my priority.
0: I imagine it's been uh, somewhat of a culture change for you, Lubos, after so many years in in Monsanto with Syngenta. Um, I'm sure it's really exciting working with the startups on, on the disruptive tech, but also came with, as I say, quite a quite a culture change for you.
1: Well, uh, definitely exciting journey for me and the learning journey, I need to say, uh, you have to learn a lot when you do this try to change and uh, and adapting myself into the new business environment, moving from your leadership positions, going into the advisory position, which requires a different type of skill and the competence. But going a big bet that uh, startups have accumulated a huge popularity in the last last past decade and lost a lot of entrepreneurs' dreams of launching a startup on their own. I read somewhere that more than 100 million of startups are launched annually, but I am sure that only some of them are having the impact to change the industry. Um, in the agriculture sector, there are disruptive startups and quite a lot who change or or kills the existing technology, replace or displace the conventional products. And the key for me is working together with them on building the strategic and tactical value of the product, of the concept, and of the offering in the, in the market. What I'm what I'm trying to do is to bring the, the history and experience to the table in a complementary way. Uh, also understanding the frictions to reduce uh, coming with. Um, uh, probably impatiences, coming with a lot of energies being put in there where you need to say, hey, world moment, let's really work on the impact and how we're going to introduce this piece. The important is certainly, and uh, that that was my natural skill is be transparent and tell them about the real concern you have about their business, and that's very important. But also asking them what they will do if the dream will become a reality, and give them the understanding what may happen after. Fantastic, and of course I'm, I know
0: you normally charge for this, Lubos, but. What would be the most most important piece of advice you would give to, a, to an ag tech startup?
1: Well, you should you should have the advisor with um, hands on experience, but also who is very skilled at the art of advising. So it's not only knowing what, but also understanding how to communicate, how to say that's very important, looking for an advice is just you look at for the co-founder or investor. The technologies, the innovation backed by the intellectual property, its protection, the right business model fueled by investment is providing the great opportunity in the space. And that would be the another piece of advice of looking at the intellectual property piece. Okay. Look at the most startup models are sold. While most entrepreneurs hope to take their companies public like Apple or Google or Facebook, the reality is that most successful founders will eventually sell their startup to a strategic buyer. Having said that, the planning, the aiming point, as said at the beginning, and thinking, thinking what, what will happen when your dream comes true, is, and thinking ahead is really key. The advice, me, if as a mentor, selling the company is one of the many ways to achieve the liquidity event. Alternatives to M&; A, merge and acquisition include venture capital for further development, continuing to build for a larger buyout. Utilizing your financial resources for the fast. And the rapid development of a critical, convincing, and credible data is so important to support the claim of technology or product performance and its scalability. Data, data, and data. Those to be developed, however, in the coalition with the institutions and agencies which got the competence, the skills, and they are certified for that. Also, it is to import, as mentioned, the IP, and finally, to get the commercial success to be noticed in this space. Following this, you would be probably facing the decision to either remain on the early sell trajectory, or to build your own business further, or even when the time will come, and the company is attractive enough to sell a larger industry to uh, to sell to larger industry player at the right time, utilizing the m a capabilities offered in the market. Finally, there are a lot of ways to approach a strategic buyer. There are some simple and straightforward strategies, one of those, and I think that engaging advisor in the dialogue process with the identifying buyer, you will be able to understand the buyer interest, its needs, requirements to proceed, together with your own inspiration. Fantastic. And I guess that that brings us to conclusion, Lubos. So
0: thank you very much for your time. I certainly learned a lot, and I'm sure Our listeners would have taken tremendous value from your your experience. I wish you the best with your your consultancy. It's a real shame when people come up with innovations, but they just can't get the the business side off the ground. So I think you're doing great work. Um, Listeners, be sure to check out our previous episodes if you found this one interesting. And stay tuned to our social channels so you don't miss upcoming events.
1: Thank you, Steve. and wishing you all the best and thank you for having me with you. No problem. Thank you, Lou Boss.